Hi, John and Tracy here. <laughs> We're really excited to be with you today. We are continuing our series on marriage and I'm really excited about answering some of these questions that people sent in. By the way, you guys ask great questions. So um, some of these are really challenging, but, but so why don't we just go ahead and dive in? What do you think? Let's dive in. Okay. Um, first question, can I go first? Okay, yeah. All right, how do I love and serve my husband well? That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, kind of broad. Um, you know, there's a lot of different approaches to that. First of all, it's important that you know your husband, kind of know what he likes, know what he loves, the things that make him happy and that bring him joy, the things that make his heart full. Um, for me, um, the way that I love John well is I know he cares about a clean house. Um, I know he cares about order. Um, so I make it, I'm purposeful, and I know this sounds crazy, but it's important to him. I make sure that our closet is organized because he loves to go in the closet and see that everything has its place. Um, one of the things about men is that men are out in the marketplace. Now this isn't, look, I don't mean, you know, women are out in the marketplace as well, but for me, um, John, out in the marketplace, when he comes home, he loves to have his house in order because it helps him to think more clearly. Um, I've told my daughters before, you know, um, it's important if you want your husband to succeed to make sure that when they come home, that they don't come home to a really dirty, clutter, messy house. And so uh, while it's the responsibility of both of us, I mean, we both do it. I prioritize that and little things that I know that would make him happy. The other thing that I do is I cook for him. Um, John oh, is great at barbecue. He's great at cooking outdoors. I think he could cook indoors, but I've just never really seen that happen. I think he's boiled noodles before. No, I can do a little more than that. Yeah. Um, some of the dishes are not that hard, but I have done it before. Like if you call, uh, if you're tied up and you say, just follow the recipe. Basically cooking is, re you know, just following a recipe. It's reading. Cooking is reading. Yeah, just thing. do what they tell you to do step by step. It's not hard. Um, and then the, the third thing that I do is I'm just uh, really attentive to making sure that Everything that he needs in order for his life to function is there. So um, a couple of years ago, I know that he was really struggling in some health issues. And I, instead of just automatically going, oh, let's go to the doctor, I really began to do some research um, to, to make sure that he was getting everything that he needed as far as food and nutrients. And um, what we learned is that he, he actually had a problem with mold. Um, he uh, molded and heavy metals in his brain. And so we put him on a kind of a, a one-year, two-year detox program. So it was a way for me partnering with him and loving him well in that season. And um, so stuff like that, we, we do a lot of stuff together. John is very much a quality timer, and I'm very much loving to be out among a, a lot of different people. And so he wants me to himself, and so I, I try to prioritize that. You know, when he says, hey, I'm really missing you, I make sure that I clear my schedule and I prioritize him. I think that's really important, um, ladies, is <clears throat> I love adventure. And I ride dirt bikes and do kind of dangerous stuff sometimes. Uh, but Tracy 
you know, she lets a guy be a guy, you know, and uh, I know you don't want something to happen uh, to your mate, but at the same time, you've got guys are different. You know, they've got to do what they got to do. And uh, I really appreciate that she's, she understands that. And uh, another thing is like, I got to get in the woods. Um, like every so often, I uh, go to the ranch, get out of town, um, get out in nature where I really spend a lot of time with God in, in nature anytime I can. And uh, so those are, those are super uh, good ways that you love me. Yeah, I mean, we do we do life together, but it's also good to do life apart. <laughs> Please go away. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so those are some of the ways, I think. Um, also, just making sure that, you know, um, his, um, that our sexual intimacy is where it needs to be. Always keep that in mind that he's, that he, that all of those needs are being met. Did I say that? Did I say that well? No, but I was going to say hallelujah to that. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Oh, you're going to ask another. It's my turn. Okay. All right, so um, let's see what I've got here. <clears throat> when a husband and a wife have differing views on how to handle a situation and cannot come to a, an agreement or compromise, what do you do? Now, I'm not finished, especially when it can have an impact and consequences on the future of another? Uh, with Tracy and I, what we do if we kind of reach a stalemate on something, it really depends on what it is. Yeah, which, by the way, happens. It happens. Yeah, I mean, it it's happens. not like, Anytime. oh, we just agree on everything and everything's like roses. I mean, we, we, get, in our, we get in our place where yeah. we're trying to solve something. We're both strong people, mm -hmm. you know, and so we both have an opinion. Um, we're both alpha dogs. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's just say that something comes up. Here, here's an example maybe I can use. Let's say the, because that's broad, but yeah. let's say the example is one about school. Like mm -hmm. I remember- Children. Uh, children, we're, we're schooling our son and we had, you know, we had to go through, you know, a lot of conversation about that and all that. But if we disagreed on something like that, and, and Tracy's really taking the lead on education uh, of, our, of our kids, and she's involved in that, and she's pouring into that. So um, in a case like that, if we're absolutely haven't heard from the Lord, we're asking the Lord, and, and you know we don't know, um, I'm going to probably uh, just pitch the ball to her on that one. I'm going to yeah. say, look, you, you know, you're really into this. You've done a lot of research. You, yeah. You're the one that's, you know, spending most of their time on education. And so that goes to you. I well, feel like, well, yeah, sorry, let me jump in on that because uh, I think the number one thing that you, that you have to have in your relationship is trust. You have to trust a couple of things. Number one, you have to trust that your mate hears from the Lord. And if let's say you've got a husband that you don't feel like hears from the Lord, like you hear from the Lord, you've got to trust that the Lord is going to speak to him in another way. Um, so you've got to be able to trust. You've got to be able to trust the Lord that what he said to you is true, what you're feeling is true. And then the second thing is you've really got to trust um, your husband or wife in, in their integrity that, that if they're saying something that they feel really strongly about, it's like, okay, let me just really think about this because they're, they're feeling this really strongly. And so I really need to take this seriously and not just give an automatic no. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? I'd say that's true. Um, I, you know, the Lord calls the woman uh, wisdom. And so um, a lot of guys, it's like, well, I got this figured out and whatever. 
but you want to get both parties involved in the decision. Two heads are better than one, and you're going to make a better decision. Another big thing that comes up with couples is moving. Uh, do we move across the country? Do we get a new house? Do we move to a different area? And so uh, on something like that, uh, for Tracy and I, that, that's one thing that um, we would have to decide together, and we wouldn't move forward until we've heard from the Lord and decided together. Pause on that one, because they're, they're, we're actually having this conversation right now. I really feel like I want to move into town, and I feel like it's the Lord, okay? So you have to be very careful when you say on either side, thus saith the Lord. Well, the Lord said, because what you're doing is you're shutting down the argument. It would be better to say, I'm really feeling that this might be the Lord because I'm feeling my heart is beginning to stir in this. I feel like he's saying this to me. But again, God is more able, you have to remember this, to lead us. God is more able mm -hmm. to lead us than we are to follow him. And so I presented it to John. We've talked about it. And this has been going on for a year now. And John just hasn't, he's like, I, I just haven't heard. And so my prayer is not God change his mind. My prayer is God, if this is you, I ask you to speak to John. So I, I don't have a dog in the hunt. We have to be more invested in this relationship. And that's what the Lord wants to, for us to be invested in love. than we are on getting our own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we won't move forward on that one. There are some things that, um, you know, are just too important um, to to move forward separately. Um, most of the time, I will tell you, if um, we've had a disagreement on something, we agree to pray about it. Yeah. And what will happen is a lot of the time, even though I, I think that I won't change my mind, a lot of times I have. And the same with Tracy. A lot of times she's, once we've had a chance to pray about it, she's like, I really believe that the Lord is is doing that, you know. Yeah. And so... If you'll just take it to prayer, don't push or manipulate the other person. Yeah. Uh, you usually make a really solid decision. And hey, if you miss it, at least the Lord knows that you put it, um, you know, you, you uh, gave him the opportunity to try to help you out. And I think that counts for something. You know, yeah, we're trying to know the Lord's will in all, all decisions that we make. That's good. And, I, uh, and I, for those of you whose mate doesn't pray or they say they're going to pray, but they don't pray, um, well, you're like, well, that leaves me without a solution. I'm just stuck. Um, you're not stuck because God can move on their hearts anyway. Um, God changes. The Bible said that God is in control of the hearts and minds of men. And so again, if you pray with a, with a heart and your, and your hands are just wide open and you begin to bless your mate, bless their ears and their eyes. I mean, John's not a dreamer. And there was a time in our lives where we were in a, we're really praying about something so incredibly significant for our lives. And John's not a dreamer. And the Lord was able to give him a dream about what we were questioning him on. And John just had a, was, had the break fully on what I was asking him to do. And, um, and so I asked him to pray about it. I don't know how much you prayed about it. I think we prayed about it together. God, if this is you, then let, let, let him know. Mm. That's what we did. And because here's the thing, you can, if you take the situation that you're, you're wrestling over, whatever it is, if you take it and back it up to this, God, 
can you, can we agree that we want God's will for our lives? Because if you can get agreement there, and if that's where the two of you can pray, God, we ask you for your will for our lives. We just want what you want. No matter what it is, we want the very best that you have for us. Would you speak to us and tell us what that is? That's a prayer that the Lord can answer. And it takes the pressure off your, may, your way or my way. And so I hope that that's helpful. Yeah, you want you want the will of the Lord more than you want to win. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. Is it my turn yet? Yeah. Okay, was John always a spiritual leader of your home? And if not, how was that navigated? Okay, so the answer is no. Um, you know, John was um, a Bible-believing believer, but neither one of us were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so um, there just wasn't a lot of fruit uh, before the Holy Spirit broke in. I wasn't even a believer. I wasn't saved. Um, now, now that didn't mean this and... is when we met. And so then I just accelerated when the Holy Spirit broke in on me. And, um, and that acceleration was, was, you know, I went from zero to shofar overnight, as most of you have heard. And so it, it changed everything. And, um, through that encounter, um, I quit my job and um, I, I resigned and I spent all of my time in the word. I spent all my time in prayer. I was going to conferences. Um, I was praying with other women. Um, and, and in that time, I just grew and it was like miracle grow, you know? I mean, thus saith the Lord, I'm hearing from the Lord. And so things shifted and I wouldn't say I became the spiritual head, but I was certainly the one that was in the river. And so I'm in this river. And but th here's one of the things that I say to some of my some of my uh, ladies is I I tell them, listen, you're going to have to give your husband a break because he's actually out in the marketplace if you're at home, and he provided for me to have that spiritual growth. And so I can't say to him, oh, you're not enough because I'm over here, you know, floating around in the river of God all the time, just getting revelation after revelation after revelation. I can't say, oh, you're no, no longer the spiritual head, but it gives me a place to really begin to pray and press in for him, not just for myself and for God and, you know, having all of these cool revelations and cool encounters, but really just pressing in for John. And so that's what I began to do. And I began to see uh, John accelerate. I began to see the enemy began to, uh, you know, things that, that were generational began to fall off of us. And, 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 and there was such a willing heart on his part to just go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it really, for Tracy, uh, it seemed like her heart melted, like she began to really open up as I preferred her in some areas like that. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, gentlemen, you want a praying wife. If there's any way you can make it happen where your wife can uh, pray and, and intercede for you, um, you know, the blessing that she will bring you uh, in that place of, of health and and centeredness and uh, tapped into the Lord it's incredible so I don't know how I knew that it was the right thing to do when she 
you know, begin to uh, say, hey, I know we've only been married a short time, but, uh, you know, I really feel like I just, all I want to do is read my Bible and pray. Yeah. And I'm like, I knew it was real and we went with it and mm -hmm. I've never looked back. It was, it was the yeah. best thing we did. Now, there have been some times where the Lord is speaking very clearly about something to me. And again, this is kind of a warning because I'm hearing and he and he didn't hear what I heard. Um, and again, I'm spending a lot of time with the Lord. I'm in the prayer room. I've, I'm in the river. And so he's not hearing what I'm hearing. It's not it's not a right or wrong situation. It's it's a level of immersement. OK, and so I, I'm ready to run. You know, I'm ready to go out and do what the Lord is saying to me. You know, I'm you know, I'm like, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And and he's saying no. And so what do I do? And so I've had very, I've had some pretty serious conversations with the Lord where the Lord is telling me, this is what he said to me, you can go, but if you go, and I'm going to bless it, if you go, you'll go alone. You won't go together. Do you really want that? And in my heart, I'm like, my heart is to be with John in everything, that we're yoked together, not just in the word of the Lord, but also in the timing of the Lord. And I, even though I may have heard first and I'm a prophet, you know, and I'm like, out of the gate, let's go. I, I'm not going to do life without this man. And it doesn't mean that there's less there or that he's not hearing. He's just not immersed at the level that I'm immersed. And I thank God for the call of that, that what is the call on his life, which is to the business mountain. And he's out in the marketplace taking the kingdom for Jesus in the marketplace while I'm taking it for Jesus in the church. And so we, we, we remain together. And, and then when I'll pull back and wait for him, what I've noticed is there's really a multiplier that goes along with it. And you do it more of God's way. And it's not that the other isn't, but I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be out on my own. I want to be connected in love and everything that I do. Okay, next one. Okay, my very, turn. Very well done. Okay. How many times a week Wait, how many times a week ha have sex? Oh, that's easy. Does that include my birthday <laughs> and Valentine's Day? How many times a week should you have sex is what this question is. That's a good <clears throat> question. All of them. You know, uh, we that's get that a man's question. answer. A man's answer is like every day. We get that question a lot. And I actually had somebody answer that one time. Yeah. I think it's different, by the way, just the real answer. I think it's different depending on, you know, who it is. If you're like in your 90s, you might break a hip. I mean, this is it's just, you know, it depends. But I would say um, that the only answer I've ever heard on this is seven uh, every 72 hours. Every 72 hours. That's what science says. So, um, for a man. I mean, I wouldn't want to have to cut back like that, but <laughs> if, um, but 72 hours, uh, is, is what we've heard. Uh, like I said, it depends. Some, uh, depends on your work schedule, your, you know, how many kids you've got. If you got five kids, that's not going to happen. It depends on what season you're in. When you've got a bunch of teenagers running around your house, it's a little bit of a challenge 
to try to get some alone time. Exactly, especially if you live in a teepee or a yurt. I mean, you just, I mean, <laughs> it's all over the board. But John, we're, be we're serious. Making, we're making fun, but um, let me say it this way: is for I can just what tell you, for yurt? a man, for a man, mm -hmm. every time you make love, it's a reset. Yeah. Like I don't care what happened yesterday. Once you do that, it's like woo. We're man, we're back. We're yeah. we're all the way back. Yeah. But um, anyways, we're um, we're proponents of a uh, a strong um, intimate relationship, and yeah. uh, we believe that uh, that's very very helpful for marriages. Yeah, I don't think there's a number. Uh, I think it's really depending on the season of life that you're in. Um, I would try to do it as often as as possible because it's free. Um, it's enjoyable. It should be enjoyable. Now, if it's not enjoyable, that's a, an entirely different question. And I really want to put this out there along with this question because sometimes you just need some sexual counsel. Um, there actually is a great book called Sheet Music uh, that I recommend highly. It's by Dr. Devin Lehman, L-E-M-A-N. You can get it um, on Amazon. It's called Uncovering Secrets of Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. Again, the Lord put us together. It's something that, that he designed for us. And it's not just robotic, but it is for pleasure. It is for love. And it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. And, um, and so again, knowing uh, you may have, uh, there may be a medical issue where you have low testosterone or something that's maybe keeping you from having that kind of desire to be together. So these are some things you may want to uh, check out. Um, again, this book would help. Another is if there is, if you struggle with same-sex attraction, that could also be an issue. Um, and those are things that you have to take to the Lord and ask him to reframe your mind um, and reawaken your hunger. Because I remember John one time talking to a young man that had same-sex attraction, but yet he he was getting married. And so he he thought that that might be an issue for him. And I remember John's asking him the question, do you love your fiance? Do you love her? And he said, oh my gosh, I love her so much. And he said, you know, love is love. Remember that? And, and love is love. And you have to let love lead you into passion because what you love is you want the person that you love to experience the pleasures of uh, uh, sexual pleasures of a covenantal relationship, and you want them to have that. And and so love is love. If you love them, you want to serve them. You want to help them. You want to create that passionate connection with them. And it can happen. But you've got to kind of reframe your mind in that way. Okay, next question. These are great, right? Right. Oh, it's my turn, right? Okay. Well, I have three left. How many you have? I think I have two left. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, here's a deep dive. How would you talk to a partner who is struggling with pornography? And second question, what if you are the one that's struggling? Okay, uh, so pornography. Um, let me just say this, that um, if you're struggling with pornography, you're not the only one. Um, it is a huge industry yeah. uh, across the earth, across the world. 
Um, and, um, and I've got to tell you, uh, I'm glad somebody asked this. Uh, pornography is not only a problem for men, as most, of, you know, as, as most people think about when they think about pornography, but it's also a problem for women too. First of all, pornography is an absolute intimacy killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to, how to say it any other way, but it has to stop. And, um, and my belief is that if pornography uh, has a grip on you, um, that there's a place that needs to be healed and it needs to be filled with the Lord because um, it's, you can't really manage yourself out of the pornography addiction. Um, I feel like you have to replace the pornography addiction with uh, uh, you know, uh, the authentic thing that you're looking for. And um, what is pornography? I mean, it's lust. It's lust of the flesh. It's, um, it's perversion. It's uh, twisted. So what are we, what's, the, uh, what's the true article? Well, it's love. It's real passion. It's the right relationship. And again, we're, we're talking about this in the context of marriage. So you've got a wife. You've got a husband. But yet you're looking at pornography. What does that do to the marriage? Well, it nullifies it in so many ways. Uh, you can ask, uh, in fact, every woman I've ever asked this to, or Tracy has that I know of, has said, what if your husband's looking at pornography? And they, they liken it to even cheating on them because um, he's given away something that is hers um, in, in an unnatural way. I would recommend, um, first of all, do very practical things in your own home to eliminate the possibility of looking at pornography. For example, if you're looking at pornography on your phone and stuff at night, you don't, you don't need a phone between bedtime and you know time that, that you get up to go to work or whatever. So what about leaving your phone uh, in the kitchen? And that way you're not tempted to, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, go, go on pornography or uh, television. Uh, we actually know someone that took the, um, the television out in the driveway and smashed it on purpose, like really ruined the TV over this. Um, the computer, you don't need a computer in your bedroom. I mean, this is time to go in and go to bed. Uh, some people even don't, they don't put a, a TV in their, on their wall because they, they're tempted and so they don't want to do this. So removing distractions is really a great way to do it. What's another way like? And there are, there are many, but uh, one of the what things What about accountability? Yeah, one of the things that's happened uh, for, for us here is that we had a couple of young men that were really struggling with pornography and, um, and so uh, we came up with this idea of uh, accountability software on their, on their uh, devices. And you could still look at pornography, you go buy a magazine or something like that. But in this case, they were looking on their phone and their computer. So there's a, there's a safe eyes type program where uh, if you go on that, it's going to alert whoever you um, have accountability with. And that became me. I'm, you know, I'm the pastor of a church, but we don't really struggle that much with that. Um, too many sin issues here, uh, fortunately. But Anyway, these guys were, were hurting and they were, you know, they confessed that to me. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll be your accountability partner. If you, um, if you do this, it's going to ding my phone and, and then we'll talk about it. Well, what happened was that really turned into not getting that phone, you know, not the software not telling on them, but it, it really resulted in a phone call 
And uh, one of these one of these guys uh, would call me very regularly and say, "Hey, I am really struggling right now." And so I'd I'd talk him through it. We'd pray about it, and um, and then he'd go on, and he wouldn't do it. And so I think having accountability is a very important thing. You want to That's say awesome. something? Well, no, I was going to jump in here because I think you know, as far as replacing it, then a lot of times what will happen, um, and those are all good countermeasures. First of all, you've got to let it, your you've got to let your spouse know. You've got to let other men know. So you've got to be accountable. When you take something that's in the dark and you bring it into the light, then it's great because now people are 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 you're yoking yourself with other people who can help strengthen you. Um, not only are they going to be accountability partners, but you need to ask them for to take up your cause in prayer over the next six months because the number one thing that's keeping you there is your brain is um, has got pathways that you've created through being triggered. You get triggered into seeing something that'll trigger you into the action. It just doesn't happen like, oh, this random thought. It actually gets, you get triggered into that random thought about sex. And so um, you've got to rewire your brain. You rewire your brain through um, replacing it with the word of God. And so you, you go through the word, you begin to prophesy over yourself every morning. Thank you, Father, that my, my hands are clean and my heart is pure. God, I thank you that you've called me to purity and holiness. And, and, and so you begin to kind of replace those thoughts and you, you speak that out over yourself, but you have these other people who are your accountability partners and they in, in also are prophesying over you. On pornography, the more you starve it out, the more you starve it out. I mean, it will eventually leave you alone. Uh, yeah. Just resist it. Like the Lord says, resist the devil and yeah. he will flee. And it's absolutely true. Yeah. But if you entertain it and you begin to entertain it more, then it just turns into this thing. So yeah. accountability that we said many things there that will help you. Yeah. Uh, there are books you can read about how to break the, the grip of pornography. And yeah. if it's really horrible and you've dealt with it for a long time, there are support groups that can get you uh, on the road to recovery from that. Yeah, and one of the things I want to encourage you in, um, you may need to go seek some counseling. It could be some childhood issues that uh, of anger and trauma that are that are fueling it. It could be iniquity. Um, you may need to get some deliverance. And so I just really encourage you, um, go ahead and try to break the back of that. Take all of these steps, but ask the Lord for his insight on it. And again, to John's point, you've got to replace it and you replace it with prayer. You replace it through saying, God, give me a passion for my wife. And so I just encourage you to use some of those steps. Okay. My turn. Let's see. Okay. So what are the most important traits to look for in a person or relationship that is leading to marriage? Tracy? Oh, okay. This is really, this is really a good one. Hold on. Um, all right. For me, when somebody asked me that question, when my spiritual daughters asked me that question, my number one trait for a mate is a teachable heart. Now, I know, I know you're all like, well, what about loving Jesus? Well, loving Jesus is, that should be, you shouldn't even be going out or consider anybody as being a mate unless they love Jesus. And so the number one thing is to have a teachable heart. Somebody who's like, wow, you know, I really want to continue to grow. And somebody with a teachable heart also has a humble heart. Like they aren't like uh, prideful and everything. Like I always know, the, I always know. 
I just know. And so you you realize that there's no, there can't be any real growth because there's not really any real um, authenticity in where they are. Does that make sense? Teachable heart. Yep, teachable what, heart. What would yours be? I believe that honesty in the relationship is absolutely key um, to um, being able to develop trust. Uh, I think it, they're tied together in a big way. Yeah. But I think just being, you know, somebody have an issue and tell you the truth about it and yeah. you can fix it. But if someone's uh, hiding and dishonest about it, it's going to be very difficult to move forward with that person. They, they clearly need healing over that. Again, teachable heart. That's, the teachable heart is the root of everything. They want to grow as a person. They want to, they want to keep learning every stage of life because this isn't going to be just the first year that you're married. This is going to be 30 years down the line. Do they want to grow and how to be a good parent? Do they want to grow and in, in understanding about good health? Do they want to grow in their spiritual walk with the Lord? Do they want, do, or, or are they totally shut down in pride saying, I know it all, you know? And so you just really want to make sure that they're ma- they have a, they have a soft heart, a heart of flesh. Let, let me reframe too. A little more lighthearted in this okay. one. How to talk about splitting up cleaning duties. Oh, okay. Cleaning duties. Well, that's very easy. Okay, here's the thing about life. Life is in, in a marriage is not always, you know, just about what we feel. Life in marriage, there's so many. Marriage is, is just like a business in a lot of ways. Not that it is a business. But in, in every single business, in every single department, you have people. So in a marriage, you have people, okay? So the thing about a marriage is that there are certain processes in marriage that make a marriage work. You, you know, if now that I'm married, if I'm going to do something or make, um, I, I have to like call John to make sure that he's not doing something that same night so we can coordinate our schedules and everything. And so this is a matter of getting your house in order. That means you've got to have, hey, let's just put ourselves on schedules. Maybe that would help you because a lot of times men just forget you know, or they're tired when they get home. And I know you're probably thinking to yourself, I'm tired too. But um, if you have it set up and there's agreement beforehand, let's sit down, let's kind of divide this up so that our household will run better, run more smoothly, because I'm getting tired of asking and you're not responding because that's making my heart feel bad, like you don't love me or you don't care about me. And so just, I would encourage you to kind of back it up sit down on a Saturday and say, we're going to get our schedules because we're going to start taking different rotations and some of these duties because I need help. Yeah, I think I think really the underlying uh, situation here is too that it's not just about the dishes. It's about, um, you know, maybe feeling overwhelmed with too much work and all that. And, and just you can talk this stuff out. Uh, you can look at the, the marriage itself Maybe uh, this is a stay-at-home mom, and she's got five kids. I mean, she's—I mean, she's just barely surviving. Mm-hmm. All those kids are small. Um, is coming home, and he's worked all day, and she's watching soaps, and mm-hmm. nothing's happening. Right. So it's—it it just depends on kind of where you are. But here's—here's here's kind of the true test: is that if you see something that needs to be done, just go ahead and do it. And it's better, you're going to do the same amount of work in a marriage, whether you do it begrudgingly or you, or you take the initiative, but you get a lot of reward for taking the initiative and not so much when you do it begrudgingly.